Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy, my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff. Text me 949-415-6256. Please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book, The Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Research. It's been selling really well, getting very well received by the community. Thank you guys so much for that. Also check out the YouTube member page. Join this channel to get perks. That's my YouTube uh, membership. It's 10 bucks a month. You get a monthly mastermind exclusively. It's a Zoom call every month with other YouTube members. Uh, You also get weekly videos exclusive to the YouTube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences. So check that out. Really means a lot to me. And thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show. Whenever we do these things, Guru Nation, the best part of the content comes before and after the interview. And I, you know, as a podcast host and a YouTube YouTuber, I said, enough with that. We will now have the best stuff for YouTube. All right. Do you know how many times Shabanya, uh, and by the way, this is like part two or maybe part three. I have Shabanya and Shiva, who is ICRA Life, right? Yes. In Vienna. And man, she's, her videos were so popular because she's a CRA. She's worked for just about all the major CROs. Clinical research really is a global thing because whatever is happening here is generally happens everywhere. U.S., Europe, especially U.S. and Europe, they're very connected. Um, you know, they're, they're almost the same exact thing happening here, happening there. Labor shortage, busyness trying to save money because we are entering a recession. At the end of the day, we have to remember, guys, these CROs, they are business, they are for-profit businesses. They are publicly traded. They are huge. Anybody want to go to Yahoo Finance and type in any of the CROs, Ikevia, um, Parexcel, Cineos, uh, PPD. PPD is now owned by Thermo Fisher, Covance. They're 20 billion billion with a b market cap and up so that should tell you something about these CROs and what they're what they're they're ultimately serving their shareholders right and in order to do that they have to continue to bring on studies but also be more and more profitable more and more efficient and there's this whole thing about employee retention and CRA shortage and CRA training. And thank you so much, Shabanya, for wanting to come on because 
you messaged me on Instagram and said, you know what, I've been studying this problem in the industry. I think I can point out some of the core issues and who knows what the solutions are, but at least we have awareness. If you work in this space or want to work in the space, you're not flying blind. All right. You, you need to be aware of what's going on. And that's one of the reasons why I admire Shabanya so much. She doesn't just do her job as CRA and that's it. She studies the market guys. So Thank you so much for coming on. Her LinkedIn profile is underneath the video and in the show notes on the podcast. Welcome, Shabanya. You are very passionate about this topic. Yes. Hello, Guru Nation, first of all. <laughs> uh, thank you, Dan, one more time. That's the second time, actually. But uh, I think on other platforms, we've talked often. Yep, Clubhouse. Um, yes, and Clubhouse, yeah. Um, I think... Um, as a CRA, our job is not just to, you know, do our job, just to do the job, but it's also letting this, uh, you know, float of people to get in the industry because we have shortage of, I think, employees. And I'm trying to really understand what the reason is. Is this global? Is this regional? And if it's global, what's the issue? Um, the major reason um, which needs to point to be pointed out is... Uh, well, I don't want, I think everyone would like, like, oh my God, Corona again. But yeah, that's also, you know, one of the reasons that so many things now get segregated and we need to understand why this is happening and how the market is actually moving and how the C big CROs, how the small CROs and sometimes also some academic CROs are around. They're very, very small, but they're trying to grow or trying to merge as well. Um, I have listed several bullet points. Um, I would say that, and then we can elaborate if we have like time. But I said the global problem is uh, Corona. The second part is the sh shortage of staffs based on their CVs. The third part is segregated talent acquisition sectors. And the fourth issue that we are really discovering it and we are not absolutely sure how this data is coming from and why it is, is the senior CRAs uh, are getting uh, demotivated, converting the career to PMs and they're stuck and they cannot uh, really get into it, although they're really eager about it. So, so that's four points you've identified. Yes. Let's start with the last one first, and then we'll go back to Corona because Corona is boring, but we, we have yeah. to talk about it still. But the last one to me is the juiciest. Yeah. And, and you know what? I mean, you articulated it so well because everyone knows that's what's happening, but nobody knows how to describe what's happening. So you describe it actually very well. Can you repeat that, please? Number four. Number four, shortage of senior CRAs moving up to their career into PM's positions. Very clear. <laughs> PM? PM? Or what about like, clinical trial manager and all that stuff too? Yeah, I mean, project. we come up with project manager and an umbrella. You can segregate it to trial manager. You can segregate it to uh, clinical project manager. You can say project manager. I see. You know, you could say trial or project manager, but when you manage something, you're coming under the category of management, right? So uh, in order to get into PM, you have to be a CTM. You have to be the clinical trial manager 
and then you have experience, then they assign the project to you. So first, very small, you have the trial, then you have the project, okay? And then you go up. So technically is CRA, senior CRA, trial manager, project manager, and then you can go up to um, clinical operation manager and so on, right? So, so you're saying... So you're saying the main one of the main problems of this fourth bullet point is senior CRAs, a lack of senior CRAs, and then a lack of their upward mobility, or what? Yes. Okay. Let's elaborate it to make it crystal clear. Well, we need monitors, or we call it CRAs, to monitor the data. So that means we have trials. There are so many at this moment in the market, small ones global ones, you know, um, but they want you to monitor. So technically the position needs to get free so that you would be able to move on, right? But in order to move on, you need to have the trainings as well, right? Because you have been CRA, you have not dealt with budgeting, you have not dealt with the operation of a trial because you've been site manager. Technically, you've been managing your sites, right? So you are able to manage the sites, but you are not able to budget it. You don't know how a trial would work in a project manner that you can really manage it. So you have to deal with a lot of Excel trackers, budgeting, meetings, and what are, what are the expectations of sponsors actually, right? So you need to be trained. Therefore, they prefer mainly at this moment to have the senior CRAs on the project. They are experienced. Uh, they're able to do better than juniors, mm. technically. So you would, you would remain I see. There. So you instead know? of rewarding, you're saying in a normal market where there's not a labor shortage, there, the, there's more upward mobility. And today, because of this labor shortage, and honestly, I mean, one of, I'm going to start ranting here, but one of the reasons is the CROs don't want to take the time to invest in their junior CRAs, which you mentioned pre-interview. Yeah. We're going to get into that. Yeah. I want to get into that. But right now, they're not investing in that because they're, they're so busy and they're so backed up from COVID that they're telling their senior CRAs, hey, you know what? I know you want CTM. I know you want project manager. But look, we have this study. It's like a drug addict. One more, one more study. And it just, you're saying it's not ending that way. Yeah, it's not, unfortunately. Um, it's just like, just as an example, once the senior series are dealing with, um, well, we have to go to point two, but whatever. Um, when they're dealing with the person who's interviewing them before, like getting into the meeting or, I don't know, WebEx meeting or a face-to-face -face meeting with the sponsors or with the um, CROs or with the um, firm, um, they ask you, what, what, what is your overview in the next three, five years? Frankly speaking, everyone say, oh, well, um, I want to get into CDM. I want to get into CPM. I, I want to get to management, right? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. You know, this, this opportunity is there. Yeah, why not? But uh, the question is, how are you trying to prepare your CRA, despite of the level, into the management level? You know, this contingency plan needs to be really clarified. So that means if you're monitoring, just 
let's have a puzzle. If you're monitoring every time, every day, every month, and you're writing a report, you're traveling, and you have specific trainings just assigned to monitors for better qualification of yourself and studies and the firm that you hired, do you find a space that you could be trained as a manager or do you find the time that... No, of course yeah. not. The answer is no, yeah. Of course not. So, and there's no incentive from the CRO to make sure that that happens because your immediate ROI is the studies you're going to monitor and <laughs> not so much yeah. the future. Yeah, this is this a is, um, very um, important point, although... There might be at this moment some senior CRA say, I love my job. I want to be in that position because some really love traveling. I do understand those series as well. Why not? But there are so many people would love to go up because they want to become maybe the CEO of that CRO, like each and every one of them. They, you know, they've gone up and then they've been trained, they've got the opportunity. I think there are so many, so many people. I don't say they're um, tighter, but there's so many people out there looking forward um, to see that opportunity, you know, to become that person. They have some idols. They want to become that person. Yeah. So, you know, why not? You know, I would definitely say why not. But I think uh, we need some contingency plan to clear out. Okay. Mm, well, I well, cannot. You know what? So before the contingency plan, because you just, you know, you I could, I'm able to connect the dots now between what you said. I just did a video yesterday. It's posted this morning about the recession and how that's going to impact clinical research. The short answer is I don't think it impacts it. I think we're actually relatively recession proof, but the, all the problems you're highlighting are issues that people in this space are going to have to deal with because when right now, globally, interest rates are rising. Okay. So when interest rates rise, that's to combat inflation. That's all another podcast. But yeah. when interest rates rise, companies are more uh, stingy with their money because yeah. now if it's instead of 3% interest, they're paying 7% interest for future earnings. So taking a senior CRA who's monitoring right now and investing in them for the future costs more to them to do that now than it did two years ago yeah. but guess what two years ago was the time to do this and two years ago was covid <laughs> exactly you know you connected wow. those absolutely so good so um you know you we, we don't have a, i mean unfortunately we don't have any journal for cra's or cro's <laughs> but when you look at the um, th this was a smart way that i have done read the research papers, then you would understand how how is the flow and you would understand what's happening actually. And being experienced uh, with different um, firms, I don't call them CROs, but adjusted firms, you know how it's working out. And plus we have our colleagues out there, you know, globally. I mean, I have so many friends in US, I have so many friends in Europe, I have some in Asia. So, Things are moving very differently, but when you really connected the dot, you saw that where the problem is coming from. Well, um, this is the reason 
some CROs are getting smarter now. You know, this is a good news, actually. After all these nagging and bad news, this is a good news that some of the CROs, the big ones that we know them, um, are now having that contingency plan. They're trying to simultaneously assign the task of the training to senior CRAs along with their performance. And how that works, well, I have to tell you, you have to put some extra effort and hours. But I tell you another secret. When Uncompensated you hours, right? Which is not yeah. paid, yeah? yeah. So <laughs> this is another problem. But, you know, the, it's very, very um, complex. And this complexity is also making you becoming demotivated gradually, you know? Because imagine... I don't want to talk about the role of CRA. I'm definitely sure you had thousands of podcasts or talks that apart from our travel visits, we need to invest time on reports, which is also out sometimes outside our hours indeed. You know, you miss flight, you don't catch the taxi, ticket gets canceled, visit gets canceled, and then all your plans get messed up, your monthly forecast get messed up, and some CROs are working with the days on site. So they're counting that in a month, you have to fulfill certain tasks, you have to fulfill certain visits, and that also impacts the matrix of your performance. So, you know, you see we are really in a... Um, matrix of everything you don't know you have to take blue or red because we need another color <laughs> at this moment <laughs> we live in a simulation yeah. uh yeah that's more and more convincing to me every day so so you're saying that these cro's are aware of this problem and some of the more observant staff like you are aware of this as well. So they they don't want to lose you at the end of the day. Like everything we just said about inflation and having to, you know, pay more for future earnings, they want to keep you, Shabani, and they don't want to hire somebody new that they don't know so well because you're safe and this person is risky. And so in order to keep you happy, they're offering these kind of things within this work work development matrix or career development matrix and but you have to do you the individual have to do the training on your own time yes. basically basically and, or i also i sorry that's ooh, nice <laughs> that's we could give you that for uh tiktok <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I have to stop the TikTok as a series. <laughs> I listen to your you podcast. You should. You actually yeah. should. Yeah, it's should been growing up. very like crazy for me. Yeah. Um, the point is also there are so many. Mm, this is good actually, but again, money. You know, uh, there are some institutions that are working privately, but they're offering some management courses. And CROs also know that maybe uh, they come up with a CRA. Uh, which she or he has invested her or his own money mm -hmm. and did some management certificates. That's a bonus, actually, for CROs indeed, you know. Um, and I don't think that's a bad idea, but I definitely think that's labor market. Why should I pay for course that I should get paid for it and learn? You know what I mean? Right, right. I 
it's not a university. I absolutely understand, you know, but mm, this is like the um um clinicentrals. Yes. The gal from clinicentrals, um Tiffany Ashton, right? Tiffany yeah. she's been on the show like twice also, like you. And she's, you know, she saw this opportunity and she created this course. And you're right, like people are so hungry for this upward mobility, they're willing to pay their own money to train externally and then maybe jump ship or stay at the same place or jump ship because now they have a certificate for CTM and they're taking it upon themselves to develop their career. And you're saying that the CROs are missing an opportunity by not providing that training themselves, right? Bingo. (laughs) Absolutely bingo, you know, Um, because why would I, why would I give my money from my paycheck to another company to learn what you can give me for free. You know, you invest on training videos. You do it for speed. I think, I think the individual also has to make decisions with rising interest rates. Like you can either stay where you are. And like you said, you know, at the CRO it's inefficient, but if you stay long enough and the stars are aligned, you know, they will give you a training for free. But if you want to do it right now, you take some of your own money, put it into some course like that, and then now you have it. You don't need to wait for anyone else. But you're right. Like, it's a decision individuals have to make, too. Yeah. And I do also understand we should not miss that point that all these um, CROs, they have their own academy. We all know that all number one CROs till the last ones, they all have their own academy that they're, you know, planning their trainings that these are the trainings assigned to that, to us, right? Well, you know, you're, you're already spending that money, you know? So I absolutely think it's necessary that they think gradually that how they can earn more money you know because they're making money with us we are also happy making money for ourselves but the problem is that if i cannot have a better career because of such barriers well i will first say demotivation second i would say seeing success no way around like well you have to search for it somewhere god knows where the third priority is burnouts mm. like this is uh, i i i just shared something on my um linkedin it's not a shame that you say what problems you're facing as a person for your mental health but you know sometimes all this stress all this um trauma that you have in some trials in some projects it also you know make you reach burnout and once you reach the burnout you don't want to stay there longer and you are missing opportunity as well zero as well and it's like why 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 should this happen you know um this is the reason that they got smarter now they're having contingency plan like okay hey okay let's do something let's have a senior series um, as assessors and training the junior ones, right? Level entries. At the same time, they're trying to have their own talent acquisition departments that they can evaluate the candidate adequately. So what's the difference? Uh, they once they can re- evaluate the candidate what? I'm sorry. 
So they can evaluate your CV technically and your capacity and your capabilities by their talent acquisition. Why? Because this department, it's not a recruiter firm. Look, I mean, there was like a question on LinkedIn asked, how many minutes or hours do you think the recruiter firms are spending on your CV? So there were several options. Seconds. <laughs> it was less than 30 seconds. So the frank answer was seven seconds, actually, right? Mm -hmm. So talent acquisitions are not doing that anymore. The talent acquisition team is receiving your CV, checking your capabilities, approaching you, talking to you, letting you meeting the team, letting you talking to the team. And then there is another round that meeting the sponsor, whether the sponsor wants you or not, this is also another question. Why should it be so selective? Why should the sponsor choose you? Why not, you know, the CRO directly? Well, a lot of people don't understand this point, especially new people that, yeah. and I try to, but thank you for bringing it up. I, I try to let people know it's not just about the CRO says, okay, you're a good fit. You're, you're welcome to, you know, welcome aboard. When you get any, when you get assigned to any study as a CRA, they want to see the CVs of all the CRA and the sponsor could say, nope, this person, you know, this is a, um, this is an osteoarthritis study and this CRA only has oncology experience. How are they going to, this study is complex. How are they going to know all the assessments for osteoarthritis? No, we want someone else. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. Well, I mean, I think the question, I mean, I don't want to raise that question, but there should be a question that why, let's just put it aside and then we can discuss it later on out of this context. But I'm telling you, some CROs are getting smarter. That means they just don't want to have the CV and say, okay, let's have this person because this person would leave. Then that's the job hop happening in the market. This is not what we want to see. And that's, this is not also what they want to see. Um, what I would suggest to all candidates, it doesn't matter, level entries, seniors, middle seniors, I don't know. But once you're talking to the talent team, be frank, tell them what you want and tell them what are your capabilities. And don't, don't, please do not add some bullet points that you have no experience and you have no idea about or write to a particular area that you have never worked on. Don't do that because you would be trapped later on by the assessors at site, by sponsor, by PI, you know, it, it's going to be. By nice. the site. I yeah. heard now on LinkedIn that sites, these bigger, more established sites, they are asking before a monitor is assigned to their site. They're asking to see the monitor CV. I don't do that. I'm a site owner. I don't do that. But there are sites that do this because I suspect in the past, monitors missed things on that site, which later an auditor caught. And the site said, you know, I wish we had a better monitor because this wouldn't have been a problem for us. So sites are doing uh, this now too. Yes. I, I don't want to say that's wrong, but I think... We could bypass that by what I said. Give them the right data. Don't share random bullet points that you have no idea about or therapeutic areas that you have no idea about or you haven't worked. Yeah, but you're asking people not to lie, Shivani. Like, that's not, I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. It's not going to end. 
But, but I tell you what happens is that some CROs, based on my experience, um, they would collect your, I don't know if that's common in the US, but I definitely think it is because my colleagues also confirmed that because we're going to publish this data. So uh, they said that um, generally some firms want you to submit your previous experience as well on their portal so that they check on your background. Some CROs are doing that, right? So that means if you have not worked on certain interpreters, and they also ask references, right? So they might ask your reference, hey, did she work on that area? And they, they look at your reference. They like they look at Professor XYZ that he's in a rheumatology study, I don't know, or background. And then you said, Oh, I worked on dermatology, I don't know, something like that. So this is this is that's what I'm asking. Don't do that. This is this is ridiculous because it's really you know, um, visible, we, they can find it out. And also you would be trapped, you know, you would be also so stuck that if you have to spend, I don't know, two hours, three hours for reading a protocol, you have to spend 12 hours understanding literally nothing and risking the monitoring, risking responding to site staffs and patients' life, actually. I have to say that, you know. No, but at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Like I had one I, this <laughs> check this out, all right. And then I, I, we need to get back to the CRA burnout because this is you're speaking to so many right now. But this video has so many sound bites too. I'm gonna make so many TikToks. Um, I'll give you some where you're spitting sure. out facts put on yours. But yeah. okay, I had this case. Uh, I have a CRA academy. We help. Speaking of academies, I have one. So this person didn't want to do my academy. All right. She looked at my website and she texted me. She said, you know what? I'm already a senior CRA and I'm actually working for a CRO. And I just have a few questions because I haven't done monitoring in a few years. She's so I was like, this is strange. Let's do a Zoom. I don't normally do this with people, but I was like, something's wrong here. How are you a senior CRA? And you don't know these things you're asking me. So I did a Zoom with her. She was assigned to an oncology study. She had five sites. She showed me her IRT, the screen, and the EDC. And she said, okay, so I'm not sure what I'm doing here because I haven't done monitoring in years. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? Like, which is your sites? And she didn't even know how to navigate the thing to find her sites. I've never used this portal in my life, and I'm like, even me, I'm like trying to figure it out because I never seen it. I'm like, no, there's some place where you can see your site. Okay, let's find your site. Now let's look at the data. And I was like, wait a minute. How do you not know this basic stuff of your senior CRA? She finally admit to me she lied on her SMA. <laughs> and she's in the middle of monitoring a breast cancer study. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. That's disaster. And that data looked unbelievably complex. Like, and I she know. couldn't even find her sites. No, cool. Okay, this is like uh, unacceptable. <laughs> no kidding. I, I told I her to not. quit. I told her to quit before they find out because then she's going to be blacklisted. And I think she did. I hope she did. I don't know what she did. Yeah, because that's that's problematic, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we're discussing so many points and some level entries are really watching that. They might be scared. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But yeah, we also had this feeling when we were entering this area that oh my god oh my god but you know th this is the reason that dan and i or some other people are spending time to give you the correct path 
so that you don't repeat those mistakes or you don't make those mistakes and also getting the right information. This is very important. Um, and reaching out to the second point, um, CROs are getting really, trust me, they're getting smarter. Uh, they're really trying to assign you based on your capabilities, not based on your academy background or on your age or I, I don't know, but they're really trying hard enough, some of them and the good ones that they assign you to the right team, right, even sites, you know, sometimes they check whether your table of schedule allows that. They, they don't want you to travel a lot. Some do, some don't. And those who do, we know which ones they are. I would That's definitely true. suggest you that you would face the burnout. You know, don't, don't accept that. Or be frank with the talent team and telling them, oh, listen, I cannot do that. I think I can just do five visits or something in a month. And I also observe based on category two that we're discussing, something that's very, very new. And I think people haven't even noticed yet. If they have not yet uploaded their CV on the website of the CROs, they're removing the percentage travel. This is very important because that was very idiotic to ask somebody how, I mean, how many visits, how much percentage you would travel. You cannot, you know, procrastinate that because you don't know what is expected from you, right? You don't know how many projects you're going to receive. You don't know how many visits you have to do. You were saying 70%, maybe 70% would be two visits for you, per definition, per mathematic out of you know what i mean so the ratio is different so you cannot put it on percentage and this is also one of the quick smart moves that CROs are making and i think that's um making sense now because that's stupid to put percentage on travel if the person does not know what are her capabilities and how much capacity she has on her program uh, how many trainings she have to do, how fast she has to do the trainings, because sometimes the CROs want you to start fast, especially especially the CROs, they ask you, we want you to join fast as soon yeah. as possible. Be careful. As soon as possible means, uh, well, you might have a visit in the next two weeks and you have to do a bunch of 90, 50, I don't know how many trainings in two weeks and you will have to do like fast, fast, fast and fast forward the videos. You don't even remember them when you're on site. You're like, ooh, how does this work actually? So as somebody who you basically worked for like all the big CROs and even some medium size, you, you have a good data set, you know, for your own personal experiences do you feel like this cra turnover was always an issue do you feel like it's getting better or worse today than to tell the truth yeah worse worse they're supposed yeah. to do all these things like these academies to make it better yeah um it really depends on the setup of the cro's team this is the reason I'm telling you when you have lack of training to become a manager of any kind, of any category, this is the reason that your performance impacts the CRA team's performance. 
This is the reason some senior CRAs without training turns out to become CTMs, like clinical trial managers, um, junior level, I don't know, they could say CTM1, some say junior, whatever they want to call it. They have no experience. They don't know how accurate a handover has to be done or a transition has to be done and what are the requirements because some of my lovely colleagues have never worked as a CRA. They have been managers. So you're saying some CTMs have never had CRA experience. They've been what? Project managers? They have been like they have been project managers, meaning in health sector, they have been working. So not even necessarily research. Yes, not necessarily research. So that means it's critical. Yes, we do. So they're passing up the CRAs. Who are next in line to be promoted yes and taking people from outside of clinical research just because they have some management experience and MBA? putting them as ctm mbas mba <laughs> i mean <laughs> i have an mba i don't think without my experience i could be a ctm uh, yes. so why is this a strategy that like how is this this is supposed to be uh so this is demotivating then you're saying to the CRAs who are there. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I believe so actually. I think is a wrong thing. I believe so. This is the reason uh, I'm telling you. But they you can't be this stupid. This is got to be like money the money has to make sense then. That means they're paying these CTMs much less yes. than what they should pay the CRA. You're so smart then. This is a reason. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I'm going to use that as a highlight. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This problem is I mean, deeper than I thought. Yes. I mean, this is the reason um, I'm talking. I mean, I'm really, I'm really glad that I had so many senior people around me beginning of my journey in clinical research. And still we're connected. We're still talking. Uh, I promise we don't share um, CROs data with each other because we want to know how our lives are getting better or worse. Because I know that in Europe, the setup of work system is very different from U.S. I absolutely know that. But we want to know how we can improve our quality of lives. This is the reason we are passing information. Oh, this could have been better if we would have done it like that. I mean, a few years back, I was not so bold enough with my upper hands, you know, um, but these days, I tell them where their issues coming. I mean, they're coming from because it needs to be told. When a CDM or a CPM is bad, I tell them. I tell them she doesn't know or he doesn't know what he's doing, and he's pushing it, and this is wrong. Or um, when it comes around the money, budget, everything, and we be like, this is not feasible. And and answer is. There are not CPMs or CTMs going to sign the budget contracts with sponsors. There are sales marketing department doing that. And they have not been in clinical research as a CRA. And they don't know which codes, at least, you know, I don't want to say our labors should go into, again, codes and simulations and red and blue, but it is like that, you know. They don't know what you're doing. It has to be named so-and-so so that they can talk frankly with a sponsor. Oh, this code needs to be included. This is what the CRA is doing, and this is needed there. 
And since yeah. it's not there, you do a lot of works that are not even defined. And CPM is blocked by the sheet of budgets and numbers and hours. And you are blocked by doing God knows what, making it happen as a CRA. <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> um, to compound the problem, the studies are getting more complex, all of them. I mean, I've been doing this since 2005 as a coordinator. I'm now 2022. I've had some stints as a CRA in between. I'm back to a site owner. And the studies are way more complex today than they were in 2005. And that probably compounds all these problems because now you definitely need experienced CRAs. And now you're basically limiting who you can who can monitor. So it's no wonder there's a supply shortage because there's a gap between the people who have potential to be CRA and the ones who actually know how to do it. And there's a huge gap and the studies are getting more complex. And this actually makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Like the CROs have a really a big problem here on their yeah. hands. Yes, they have. And I'm really helping all the, you know, it's the mic. I'm really helping all the CROs right now really listen to this part and think about it. They can make it better for all of us, for themselves, for us. And we all make money in a better way because we are human beings. We are on paychecks, whatever. But at the end of the day, speaking ethically, it's patients' lives on the bottom line of this whole story. If your monitor is not looking at the data of the patient, it, it's not a digit. It's not a number. It's health. It's someone who's sick, who has tumor or has cancer, is under radiation or needs therapy. I don't know. I can go to so many therapeutic areas. But I just want to say, if I don't have the motive to sit there and think that these digits, this number are related to a human being, <laughs> what are we doing? Let's shut it down, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... These CROs have gotten so big. And I, again, I, I started this show with their market cap. Like, if you look at Ikevia, I think it's like a $40 billion market cap last time I checked. All right. Like, that's bigger than a lot of the sponsors that yeah. they take studies for. Yeah. So they have like, and they're hired, and it's not just Ikevia, all of them. They're oh, hired yeah. basically for their competency like they this is what they do but if if they're not able to do it properly the sponsors are eventually going to say well why are we outsourcing this to them and i think cro's are responding with with technology to be the savior to this problems shabanian so everything you've just outlined like so articulately i think the cro's are aware they're not stupid but I think they're waiting for the technology to be able to solve these problems. That's my honest opinion on what they're that waiting could, for. Yeah, that, that, that could be an answer. Um, but from other side, I have also to say, mm, let's be really frank with each other at this moment. Um, some CROs that are getting merged with each other, uh, that means, I mean, apart from money, okay? I mean... They want improvements, right? They want to get better 
service from the sponsors with the money and also um, in, in a way they want to have the better quality in their system, right? But our issue at this moment is who is able to do that faster than the other ones? This is my question at this moment, you know? Um, those who are big enough, it's, look, it's looking like an industry, it's looking factory actually, um, but they don't have time for such things. And I think those, this is my prediction based on the stock, stock market and everything and the way I'm looking at it. Those that are getting merged are having a better opportunity to do that based on the technology service, what they can do. Second CROs, I mean type of CROs, are those that are having strong pharma backbone. Okay, because when your sponsor or like the pharma that you're working with has money, they can provide you with better service, right? So that means you're gradually also improving your service, not just to the sponsor, to the patient, to your um, employees and everything. So I absolutely, I mean, at the end of this whole conversation and my data, I absolutely believe these two type of CROs are having better opportunity. And that means, unfortunately, indirectly, that we're killing the small CROs, the small ones, I mean, the one that- Yeah, they're have, getting acquired, right? The one that are having mm, 50, 30, I, I don't know how many employees. I mean, uh, we're not killing them, but indirectly we are doing that. Well, right? it's making it harder it's making it harder for the small companies to compete. And actually in the video I did yesterday about the recession, I said at the end of this big farm, pharma, big pharma is going to come out stronger than before the recession, because they're going to acquire these smaller companies. They're going to sign more lucrative deals. You're already seeing it. Lineage cell therapeutics. They did it like this novel thing for the um, macular degeneration. They got approved. They signed like a 10 year deal with Genentech. Um, favorable to the biotech but that was before the recession started if that the same thing happening now i guarantee you that pharma is getting a much better deal on their end because the public markets are drying up as far as these small caps are concerned and you can see it at the cro level too i i have a small cro i don't even try to get business for it i only do it for my students so we do like an investigator initiated trial here and there but 2016 we actually tried to compete with some of the big ones and we were under we were under bid every single time and me and chris who's my business partner we're looking at it like okay i know we don't know these budgets well but there's no way there's no way anybody can do it for this price at this point we're much better off having sites being site owner than have than being so what these big cro's do is just like walmart displays the mom and pop grocery stores um, these big zeros coming in there, underbidding everybody, winning it, right? And then they're subsidizing it with their tech and all this nonsense they sell at the end. This is why there's such a push for decentralized trials and all this kind of thing. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot we can unpack. But as we wrap up, Shabanian, I know your cat wants to go play right now. Did mm -hmm. we forget anything? Did you forget or do you want to mention anything that you didn't mention yet? Because there's a um, lot. This could be three hours if we want. Yeah, this could go. Yeah, this could really be more than even three hours. Yeah. But, um, what you have mentioned, burnout. Let's uh, really mm, let's do make that. it clear, really, really clear that 
the mental health of each and every human being, no matter what job they're doing, it matters. It's like we say lives matter. I think their mental health also matters. Um, if I don't realize that, what burnout is and how it occurred and when it occurred, it takes you down just like me. And you need to make crazy decisions that you regret them at times, just like me. Uh, I would definitely suggest once you think enough is enough and you have no capacity, just say no. Nobody can take you out of your matrix and nobody can tell you, oh, you're fired. Okay? And no one can replace you if you're experienced. <laughs> yeah. So, right? yeah. So please don't do that. And I, I know I say that. I can say that because I'm a senior CRA, but a junior one cannot say that. So I have to be voice of those level entries as well, that their managers, their line managers should be really taking care of them. Do not do micromanagement. Do not do micromanagement for God's sake. Don't do that. Just teach them how to do it and let the senior series be with them and tell them and share their experience with them. Don't limit them to your one-to-one -one crazy um, Excel sheet. They're not numbers. They're human beings. <laughs> They're human. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up with these two scenarios, okay? I want We want your advice. These are two segments that watch my channel a lot. Let's go. You kind of already alluded to the senior series. If they're feeling burned out, your first line of advice is just say no. What if they're feeling burned out to the point where they want to be a CTM? What is your advice to them? I would absolutely suggest them. If your aim is clear, I always say, find out what do you want? Do you want to remain a CRA and be the best and somebody cannot touch you ever and remain in that role because you love it? But if your aim is going towards management, make it clear to yourself first, not to the CRO, not to the firm, not to the sponsor, to yourself. What do you want? You want to become a manager? Then get ready. You know, um, this is the status of our market at this moment. The trainings are not well established for you to take you and then train you and then pamper you. You could spend some money and get trained and be available and make them understand that you are good enough to become CTM and CPM or whatever. Or getting line into manager. Yeah. Line manager. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, invest some money, unfortunately. But I'm sure, as I promised, the CROs are getting better, far, far better than previous years. Uh, they're learning that and their talent team are working on that. But it's still, that's a shout out! Shout out to the talent teams. We actually talk to a lot of them through Latinos in clinical research. I feel like they're trying, but I yeah. feel like they oftentimes have their hands tied also by yeah. higher ups that are concerned with market share price and you know, that's their job too. I mean, their first job, the responsibilities to their shareholders. Um, okay. What about advice to the junior CRA oh my God, that are burned out? I really love <laughs> them. Please. I, I really, I, because I'm dealing with them. They're, they're calling me as my friends, sometimes not colleagues, friends, because I'm really taking friends from bio to clinical. Shabanya's LinkedIn is underneath the video, guys. <laughs> yeah. So um, I always tell them, 
watch out what's happening talk to the senior ones not one ones collect data from them and see what's their opinion on the situation and then decide for yourself is it a time to turn out that oh i want to say no or you want to say hey i want to do it but i can do it up to this limit that's it make it clear what you are capable of i know you want to do more but don't because you're not getting paid for it. You're not getting compensated for it. And you're just killing your career. You can invest more on yourself and do more, I don't know, trainings or learn from others and get involved in more trials. You know, instead of having thousand sites, for God's sake, you can have five ones and concentrate and focus on those fives. CROs or firms, or they have to hire people. I don't care. They have to hire when you have lack of steps and you have certain budgets, come up with a solution. Don't kill the people over it. Juniors need to understand. They were eager to get in. Good for you. But don't do slavery works. You're not PhD students to do slavery work. <laughs> what, what about switching companies? Like, hey, you know what? I'm fed up with these guys. It's easier. I heard from people on YouTube that, unfortunately, I have to switch companies to get respect. What about, what's your advice if they, that's their strategy or if that's okay. if that's what they're thinking? <laughs> Since you have put my LinkedIn link there, they would definitely see I'm one of them, right? Try to be good. Try to be good to make those moves. And for that, try everything. Like read more, research more, watch YouTube, watch TikToks, listen to them, listen to those who are in the market and like there are so many tips and tricks what they can do like your book i don't want to i don't want to really advertise it but your book it's one of the key factors that people can read such things and understand what we can do and how we can do it better and what's my way of doing it not all cra's doing ip accountability like each other no they're trying to be creative so you are responsible for the creativity of your career not the cro right so if you believe that you are good enough, that you do not want to waste your time, do so. Because I did so and I'm doing so until you land in a right place that they hear you out. If you're there, you feel comfortable, you're okay to talk out and you're okay to convey your message with freedom. This is the right place to stay. But if there's burden somewhere around, I'm telling you, either you're going to do a nasty job, you will be like, oh, God, I have to do it. Or you would be like, oh, there's so much. Okay, let's do half of this and half of that. And you mix up everything, you know, it becomes a soup. Don't do that. So I would definitely <laughs> say it's better to improve yourself. And there are so many free videos around. I've seen you, so many authors. You're not jobless to sit there and video that. This is passion. Mm. I mean, and frankly, we are not exchanging any money here, right? Why are we doing that? The reason is we have passion in clinical research. We love our career. I, I could have been a pharmacist standing in drugstore. I never liked that. So that means I have passion for clinical research. This is a reason that I got a doctor. I said, okay, I have to show it to Dan because I know he has the platform. He is the voice of the right people. 
and and you choose adequately and your topics are really hot every time that I've never seen it around. So that means this person has a passion. Be one, be Dan. I mean, I, I don't want to say be Dan, but just, you know, be close to Dan. And be you, like, be you, whatever feel you, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So be good enough to change. I absolutely think if you have a valid reason for your move, mm, nobody would think that it's wrong. None of them would think that's wrong. Uh, I have done that. I I just had only one unfortunate um, change, uh, which was due to, I mean, my personal burnout or whatever. But when you're in the right place, is the right place. That's all. So personal burnout's no joke, right? It's not. Dan, I've been through it once in my career as a business owner. And I, I had no one else to blame. It was me and some business partners. The worst year of my life, 2012. Oh, my God. I know how that is, and I can't, you know, I have so much respect for anybody going through burnout. Like, there's nothing more important than your mental health at that point, because people can fall off. I recovered relatively quickly, but I had a support system and everything, but some people don't. No, that's true. So, this is also for your juniors, and I'm happy that I could have hoped, but there are a lot to cover, Dan, actually um, <laughs> under yeah. this topic i didn't brought it up and i don't want to mention it now but i have another one which is subcategory of that and i think it would be interesting to what is it okay we'll um, write it down we'll we'll do it like and um, when you're ready to do it we'll do that one sure. can you imagine pharma markets entering into sear rows and what do you call them if yeah <laughs> Thermo Fisher bought PPD. You know, my colleague Ashley Margo, a Latino and Clinical Research co-founder. I asked her. I said, "What the? You guys are a sponsor now or a CRO? Because you're owned by Thermo Fisher." She said, "No, we're still operate as a CRO." So, yeah, but you're right, and we should yeah. talk about that. And do you know what's happening? The pharma industry is taking steps from CROs. I don't want to say still, but yeah, yes, yeah, and maybe it's yeah. good. Oh yeah, that's a very hot topic. It's um, becoming a trend, I can say, and we would definitely see more. You would definitely see more around. But I'm maybe sorry. it's a good thing for the industry, right? We just spent an hour highlighting most of the inefficiencies of CRO. Maybe it's actually a good thing. I don't. I've been. I'm a side owner. As a side owner, generally. My best experiences are with small sponsors that are more directly involved, even if they use a CRO, that the small sponsor more directly involved or just completely involved in the monitoring of the study. I this always have better very, experiences that way. But then this is a very sensitive topic. This is the reason uh, I'm trying to dig in. Uh, what is the perspective of those employees left CROs, went into pharma, uh, the moment I have more, uh, when I don't have really beyond 100, I don't share anything. So what we have discussed, there were 100 human beings shared their knowledge and then publications, um, watching the stock markets and everything. There were so many items there. Um, so it's not that you can talk about it bluntly, but it's a very sensitive topic. You have to see um, how this whole thing is working out. 
we don't know yet. I absolutely say we do not know anything yet. Mm. Uh, we have to wait and watch. It's happening. It's good. But let's see. I I still believe that CROs are much more functional. Um, that's for now. I don't talk about it further. But it's a very sensitive topic. Very, very sensitive ones that we need more people to come up if they're watching your videos. Uh, and they have moved from CRO to mm. uh, pharma industry. Please contact Dan, and then Dan would let me know, and uh, I can collect your data, uh, your experience. It's not a data. Wow. Okay. Yeah, they can share their experience, how they felt, and how do they feel? Because I have a psychologist on the team who can really understand from human beings' perspective and psychology and mental health how do they feel actually. This is very important. You should understand whether that would work or not. It's not just about money because it might work up to some time and then, well, yeah. boom, it's out. Especially Gen Z, this new generation yeah. entering the workforce. My two employees, well, I think one of them, one of them's Gen Z for sure. The other one's millennial. Like millennials started this trend of like work-life balance. They started it. Gen Z is taking it to a whole nother level. <laughs> Yeah, yes. that's <laughs> we can talk about that too. But yeah. wow, Shabanya, this is amazing. Um, we gotta wrap up. So thank you so much. Everybody go connect with her right now. LinkedIn underneath the video and in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast. It's been amazing. Really, thank you for reaching out and discussing this topic because maybe I put bits and pieces here, but it, like I have, this is, you're an expert, somebody who's basically worked for all the CROs and different sizes and you know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolute blunt. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. so you're on TikTok then. I mean, let's get the CROs on TikTok. They're yeah. there. Their future yeah. junior, junior level series are there. You know how many medical assistants, CNAs, mm -hmm. No, no college degree, but they can be coordinators, but Amazing. they don't even know that that's an option. Like they just think I work with a lot of MAs and my mm -hmm. doctor told me, Hey, you know what? These are our employees. You go find your own. I found <laughs> my own, but the MAs there, there's a ceiling and that that's it. They can't pass this ceiling unless they get into a, in, in, in research. Or That's another true. industry where they can just smash through the ceiling. My <laughs> first hire is a CNA, no college degree, CNA. Her other option was working at a hospital, changing pamper of adults. Like she was literally telling me that's her job. If it wasn't for coordinating, that's what she'd be doing okay. at two in the morning, changing diapers in a nursing home. And then to get in front of those people, whether it be on TikTok or wherever and show them. Did you know you can do this? They don't know. None of them know. Yeah, that's true. Even the experience one doesn't know. But when I saw what you were talking about, I was like, yeah, let's get on TikTok. So I created it. And then I have to get it started and then see you there. Then. Oh, I got to follow you then. Maybe I am. I don't know. I... Let's, let's check that later. Yeah, All right, was... let's do that. Shabani, thank you so much. Everyone connect with her. Message her. You see she's passionate about this. And then we'll leave that little teaser for the next podcast. Yay. Whenever you're ready, Shabanyan, just message me and we'll do it. We'll set it up. Goodbye, Guru Nation. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you.